Good day to you. Good day. Welcome to Three Funny Ladies. That is Susanna Jakakis. <laughs> and that's, oh God. <laughs> and Joe, Joe, that's Joe Bailey. Yeah. I don't have anything <laughs> funny to say. I got one of these uh, pet things. What is that? It's a pet. Oh, to pet your cat? Yeah, on the Prime Day. So that you are also uh, shedding its hair? Yeah, so this thing is like just, you can't see, but it's just like filled with cat hair. All right. She loves it. The boy cat is afraid of it. So Well, okay. So what have you been doing? What's happening? What's going on in your oh, life? Oh, God. Oh, God. Uh, nothing. Um, Let's see. Took today off. Yeah, how come? I took Monday off. Because Sunday oh. is my birthday. Oh, my God. You know, I have no idea day what day it is. Yes, Sunday is the 17th. So Sunday, I will be 48 years old. You know, it's funny because you (laughs) sent that message the other day about saying that you had gotten a present for your brother. And I was like, oh, my God, when's your birthday? And then I was like, oh, no, it just happened. I remember it just happened. Yep. Nope. It hadn't happened. What's comforting is that you never said happy birthday, even though you thought it happened. No, in my mind, though, in my mind, I was like, no, we covered that. So that has happened and we have already celebrated it. No, sure haven't, buddy. I know that now. Yep. Yep. It's time. It's just Uh, I got an email today saying, Mm -hmm. hey, from my credit card company. uh, Hey, uh, we didn't get your payment this month. I was like, oh, God damn it. It was due yesterday. Just it's meaningless. Time just doesn't yeah. mean anything. The no, it's totally meaningless. Don't mean anything to me. Nope. Sure don't, buddy. What are you going to do for your birthday? Well, tomorrow we're finally going to see Thor Love and Thunder. Oh, now, did you see Lightyear? We have not seen it. Um, uh, we are, because like with rehearsals and stuff, just the time was not. Um, working out. Um, but it is on the super secret site. Oh, nice. Um, I also feel like there was another film that I was going to ask you about. Jurassic Park. That's also on the super secret site. Oh, tis. Tis. Okay. Okay. Um. Yeah. So those would be the only. Those would be the three big ones for me, and we're seeing Thor tomorrow. Did you see Doctor Strange and the Super Secret Magical Cape? No, uh, no, because that's not a movie. I did, however, <laughs> see <laughs> Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. Six of one. Sure, 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 sure. <laughs> I just uh, knew that it was something with the cape because of that Tide commercial. And that's, you know, that's a stretch for a product uh, placement. What the hell are you talking about? Tide There's commercial? A- for Todd Pod, Todd Pods, Todd Pods, Todd Todd for Todd Pods. There's a an an Asian gentleman who's trying to do the laundry of Doctor. Oh Strange. Wong, okay. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And the cape just has a mind of its own. Yes, it's a, se- a sentient being. It's hard to wrangle it into the washing machine. You see? Yes. Yeah. Okay. I gotcha. Now here's another very odd uh, combination in terms of advertising. Last week, did you see the commercial for Thor on uh, Beverly Hills, Real Housewives of Beverly Hills? 
but it's Kyle and Dorit going up to the mountain and they come across Thor who is meditating. No. And it's a whole staged commercial no. for Thor. No. Yeah. I, I hate that so really very much. really weird. It's really I, weird. I hate that. Yeah. Jamie Lee Curtis is going to be on next week's episode. I saw that. That's exciting. Conflicted. It's really, it's really exciting. Let's just do the whole show like this now. Please don't. I, I hate a- a- ASMR. Oh my god, for sure, hundred percent. I hate it. It, it bothers me. It's, like, there's nothing. Stop doing this or this. Like, yeah. Stop doing that. That's stop annoying. It. Stop, stop it. it. Stop it. That's it. All right. Anything exciting with you? Uh, I'll tell you. No. <laughs> All um, right. So there you go. Yeah. So emails. I want to take a moment to thank everybody who took time out of their day to congratulate us on our hundred episodes. Uh, and that actually is nobody. <laughs> I was like, really? <laughs> that would be zero point zero. You know what I think it is? I think it's our gratitude. <laughs> and our constant, our positive yes. <laughs> constant position of gratitude. Yes. I think that's what it is. I think that's what it is. You don't think me berating people is going to cause them to write in and say, hey, congratulations, you fucking assholes. I I don't think so. Well, then it's working. Uh, There you go. There you go. Yeah, I don't think uh, I'm going to. My niece is getting married tomorrow. Oh, yeah. And the, uh, the only reason I don't want to go is because. In the past two weeks, I have come across three people who have gone to weddings and have come home with COVID. Mm, And now we have this new strain that likes to beat around the immunities and the vaccines. And so I'm just so very nervous about that. And just knowing the environment that I'm going into, I'm not anticipating a strong culture of masks. Sure, sure, sure. Um, So... Yeah. Well, is anyone going to be mad if you don't go? I mean, are you're going, are you contemplating not going or I mean, are you I, going and you're just not happy about it? I told Joe that I would be okay if we didn't go, which is, I know sounds terrible. It's just, I don't want to get sick. Sure. And I'm not saying that I would get sick. You just, who knows? You don't know. So Joe was like, well, we have to go. So, so we're going. And I mean, honestly, it's the only thing is I just am worried about all of that. It's but so we're going and we're going to wear masks and okay. now, hope for the best. Uh, it, I know that your family is uh, has opposing viewpoints about things. Um, are they go, are they so staunch that they will like make fun of you for the masks? I don't know. Honestly, I don't think that anyone's going to like point and laugh. Uh, like when sure. we walk into the church, sure, sure, sure. Um, look at them homos, <laughs> coo, 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 cough them and stuff them. Um, I just, I don't know. And, but also there's a part of me that doesn't like, if we're the only two wearing masks, masks, like I, I don't want my niece to be like, oh, well, there's my stupid gay uncle wearing a dumb mask and is the only one you know what i mean like or like her bridesmaids like who's the gay wad with the mask on you know i think 
I think what we're learning from how you're describing this is, is they're going to make fun of you for being gay first. And that cat's been out of the bag. So you know what? Fuck it. No, it's just, it's just, it's an easy in, you know sure, what I mean? Sure. Right, right, right. Well, like, well, we already have that. We can make fun of. So let's just add the pile the masks on onto it. it. Right, right, right. Um, well, I guess, yeah. Fuck them. If they do that, I would say. <sighs> so yeah the thing is like i just don't understand i i don't like just why do you care if someone else is wearing a mask i don't get it that is a thing and i don't obviously i don't hope i'm hopefully that won't be the case but i but you are absolutely 100 correct like it but it's the same as with everything that people get mad about what yeah, do you like, care if someone gets an abortion care? Right. If it's not affecting you, what do you care if someone's gay if it doesn't affect you? Like, who yeah. cares? So weird. It's so weird. I it's just, weird. it's so strange. So multi universe madness. <laughs> and the sorcerer's and cape. And the super secret cape. <laughs> super secret cape. Um, have you watched anything? Have you been watching Big Brother? I have been watching Big Brother. Now, Are you up to date? No, I oh, have decided. I've already, I, I've already decided I'm not going to watch this season um, because I saw the cast when they announced it. And I was like, yeah, it's just the same as it has been like the last six, yeah, seven years. For sure. For sure. Uh, but Joe is still going to watch it. He's not up to date. But I have I when I don't watch it, I still follow it. So I know all of the, about the girl and all of the mm, all of mm, that, mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. which I don't want to say too much because Joe will be editing this. Um, but I did read all about that today, which is um, problematic. Uh, seems like there again some racial overtones happening in the house. Oh, shocker! There's a surprise. Unless something else has happened, no, there's not. Well, I read that there was that there is an African-American fellow who has sort of been ostracized. And oh, this must be this must be um, a live stream development. There hasn't been okay. anything from what I've watched. OK. And they cut the they cut the live stream. OK. For like yeah, a day be. and a half. It was. Oh, off. wow. Yes. All all seemingly revolving around this girl who everyone has been talking about today due to her decisions oh interesting okay so yeah okay interesting um are you what have you been watching anything else uh no i don't sure think i have either we went uh, to see a production of The Wedding Singer last night. And how was that? It was, you know, here's the thing. So I was at, uh, in my office yesterday, and I was going to text Joe, and I was going to be like, hey, what time does the show start tonight? And I thought, you know what? I'm an adult. I can use the internet sure. like a normal person and the find interwebs. that out. Right. And find mm -hmm. that out for myself. Mm -hmm. So I went on to the website and discovered that it started at 730. And... I discovered that the production was held outdoors. Ah. Right. So I texted Joe and I said, hey, is this an outdoor production? He said, sure is. And I said, I see. So. Did he keep this from you? He claims that I knew this. Because that's where they did Into the Woods last year. But I didn't realize uh, that it was the same 
venue. Got it. Got it. Got it. Got it. Got it. It was fine. Ultimately, it was just very buggy. Yeah. No, and no. I no. had forgotten to bring bug spray. Uh, but luckily, before the show started, there was an elderly couple across the aisle from us, and they were sharing their bug spray with anyone who wanted it. All right. So that was good. But also, the show was two hours and 45 minutes long. That is far too long for anything. For anything, let alone the wedding singer. Yeah, why was it that long? I don't know. I think we must have started late, and then there was a 15-minute intermission that may have extended itself. Um, but yeah, we didn't get out of there until quarter after 10. Mm, gross. Okay. Yeah. So that happened. Yep. Tick, tick, All right. tick, 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 boom. Tick, tick, boom. Um, <laughs> That's it. I, I, ha- I, yeah, I have nothing. I got nothing for you, baby. <laughs> We're so lively today. Oh, it really? The end, en- the enemy, the enemy nominations came out. Ah, yes. Who was nominated for best enemy? Um, Black Widow. No, she's not an enemy. No. Um, anything good? Abbott Elementary got a whole bunch of love. That mm-hmm. was nice. Gene Smart. Yes, yes. Um, Just about the entire cast of The White Lotus was nominated. Um, doom, 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 doom. Uh, Oscar Isaac should have been nominated. He was not. That's really disturbing to me. Um, Sam Richardson was nominated. So there's that. Oh, for, oh yeah, for guest? Yeah, for guest. Which on I'm like Ted Lasso on Ted Lasso, which I said to Pete was like, well, these people don't know him. Obviously, he played himself, so it's not a stretch. Okay, he played himself with an with an accent, with an accent he grew up with. So not oh right, not, yes. not a stretch. But our other friend Timmy got nominated for his show for for his shows, and they're in the same category. So I'm hoping. Interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I hold grudges. Here's I the hold thing. Them. I saw this Sam Richardson was nominated and I was like, he was on Ted Lasso. So yeah. yeah for like, it, was it, I remember it him now. Been two episodes. Yeah. yeah. But I don't, I didn't at the, in that moment. I it's was not like, a stretch. Oh, I don't remember that, but I do it's now. It's not a stretch. So anyway, um, there was something else. There was some, where does Brandy Joe think he's going? Oh, he's going to the theater. <laughs> so early. Yeah, he's got to do something. All right. Um, and, oh, funny girl. <gasps> that was it. Oh, my God. I knew that there was something else. Oh, yes. Girl. The drama around funny girl. 20 minutes in, and now the heat has been brought in. Yeah, right. (laughs) Brandy Joe, just cut the first 20 minutes. Just start here. Um, Oh, my. So here is, because you saw Beanie's statement. I did. I read a whole insider story about this yesterday. Oh, well, then dish it out, boy. Well, this article in the Daily Beast spoke to an unnamed anonymous high level executive involved with the, with the show. Okay. So they were saying how, as soon as the reviews hit, 
there was talk about firing Beanie. Or wow. giving her the option to leave. Wow. Okay. The lead producer did not, would not fire her. So they decided to coalesce around her and try to pull any kind of positive spin that they could. Okay. She's so great to work with. People love her, et cetera, et cetera, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So the day after the Tony Awards right. was when Michelle, Leah Michelle signed her contract to replace <gasps> Beanie Feldstein. Oh, wow. Gawker got a hold of this information, and that was when they printed leaked. that article. Okay. Leaked it, yep. And so then the producers were like, well, shit. So then Beanie started missing shows. They were saying, because she had COVID and this and this and this and that. Right. So then her understudy took over to great acclaim. Right. And was posting all sorts of things on her social media about the positive responses that she was getting, etc. So then the producers are like, in hindsight, we should have shut her down as well. Because you want your understudy to be good, but not to be better than your star. And word on the well, word on the street is that they're just very different. Yes. So, but they didn't shut her down. And so that also didn't sit well with Beanie. Um, oh, don't be mad at Julie Benko. I know. I'm, and I'm glad that she's doing it full time for like a month. Yeah. Which is great. Um, but then when um, things just started to come to a head with Leah Michelle, her name getting, yeah, I mean, it was just common knowledge that it was going to be her. Right. Um, and then that was when Beanie was like, well, they all just sort of like, it got to a point where the, the producers and Beanie Feldstein were not, were no longer speaking to each other. Wow. So like her people would talk to their people. And so it was all like that. And so finally they were just like, let's just call this quits. And she was like, I'm leaving at the end of the month. And they're like, great. And so then they went into the next mode of because you know they weren't supposed to start Lee Michelle until the end of September and so yeah um, but it's an interesting article Daily Beast look it up if you're interested because I heard because my whole thing is you've heard her sing you heard like regardless of she's not famous enough to just get this role untested I'm not saying that they ever had anyone else in mind. What I feel happened is that they were like, we want to redo Funny Girl. Beanie Feldstein would be great. And I think they didn't do Leah Michelle on purpose. I think they. I agree. I think they were like, Funny Girl, everyone's going to think it's Leah Michelle. What's going to create buzz if it's not Leah Michelle and it's somebody totally different? Who can it be? Beanie Feldstein's really funny. She's really talented. She's Jewish. Let's see what happens. They, I don't think it was just handed to her. I think that they thought of her, but they heard her sing beforehand before they made any sort of decisions. And I think that it was, maybe she doesn't have Barbara's voice, which no one is going to. Right. Let's change the direction of the production and lean on her comedic chops and her acting skills. And let's be clear. She's not a bad singer. Right. 
he is a good singer. It's just that Barbara Streisand made it famous because of her style of singing. Had someone else made it famous, it might have a not been famous or not been famous for the singing portion of it. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And so I think they decided to go in a different direction. And I think none of them ever agreed a hundred percent. And then they just threw under the bus when it wasn't working out. It does sort of feel that way now. And I've, as this has all been coming out since the revival opened, there've been so many people who have just said, it's really not, a good show period. And that Barbara Streisand right. like, was such a unique new talent who could do everything that she was the one who really made it sing. No pun intended. Right. So right. that when you take that portion away of, from it, then like the bones of the show really show that it's just not a great show to begin with. Right. And, and I really don't need someone who can deliver every aspect of it. Right. And so they just, you know, these producers just, I mean, they didn't come out and say it, but they're letting other people think it and say it right. to just be like, well, it's because Beanie sucks, but she doesn't. The show isn't good. People just liked Barbara yeah. and no one's going to be Barbara. And I think they always had Leah Michelle in their back pocket as a second choice. I think they did it on purpose that she wasn't their first choice. Um, I kind of think they just had drama planned from the beginning subconsciously or not well they got it man they sure did buddy and there because are... no go ahead there is another show closing on broadway um pit paradise pit oh, oh yeah paradise square paradise square that's closing no one's talking about it those people i saw on a tiktok um they got people are saying they haven't gotten paid um, but another tiktoker who's in the show is like no we get paid and then like literally the next day he's like we didn't get paid today, <laughs> That's... but they got paid late in the day. Um, but yeah, so that's being totally overshadowed by all this fucking. It, the producers are assholes when it comes right down to it. Well, especially because Paradise Square was produced by Garth Drabinsky, who has had so many of these problems in the past, and it's sort oh, of the boy. same the same thing going into. Like now Leah Michelle, who also has a very questionable past behaviors and such, right. and is now being anointed with her own, you know, starring role on Broadway. People are going to continue to act like assholes when there's no ramifications for their behavior. This is true. Jane Lynch is leaving with Beanie. What does that say to you? Like, if I worked with somebody on a TV show and we got along and we were friends and I knew that this was her dream since she was a fetus, I might stay until the end of my contract, what have you, whatever, so I could get to work with her and see that dream unfold for her. And Jane Lynch is like, oh no, see ya, I'm fucking out. Yeah, it's what does that say to you? Like interesting. So there's one other thing I want to touch on before we end this section. So this is from that article. So in an email to show investors obtained by the Daily Beast, sent 15 minutes before the public announcement of Leah Michelle, uh, the general manager Mark Shackett praised both. Uh, Leah Michelle and Toa Felcha, who is replacing Jane Lynch. Um, he also praised Jane Lynch and Julie Banco. 
He wrote, quote, we are hugely thankful to Jane for her kindness, wisdom and leadership, as well, of course, for our amazing as well, of course, for her amazing performance as Mrs. Bryce. She will always be part of our funny girl community of Michelle and Belcha. Shaggett says we could not be more excited that these incredibly gifted performers will be joining our production and our funny girl family. Shaggett and Lee producers also praised our brilliant Fanny Standby, Julie Banco. We are so incredibly grateful to Julie for everything, and we know how lucky we are to have her step into the role. Uh, are, <laughs> are you forgetting about somebody? Are you possibly? They treated her like shit. I feel so bad for her. They yeah. treated her like fucking garbage. And here's the thing. Um, and then I'll get off my soapbox about it. it. It One of the reasons her being cast was great is that she is a plus size lady. Yeah. And um, for it to go down badly is sad. For them to completely throw her under the fucking bus and be so dismissive and so rude and so mean and so backstabby, just per- and then to cast Leah Michelle, who's a known racist, who's a known asshole, um, just perpetuates that thing of well, if you're thin and pretty and rich, it doesn't matter. Yeah, you could do whatever you, you can want. do whatever the fuck you want. Um, and someone who, from all accounts, has been delightful to work with super talented um to have her shit all over it just perpetuates all that kind of stuff and i hate it here i hate it here here in the world yeah basically yes. yeah 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 um so that's all on that but uh, you know what she's she's going to make it she's going to be great yeah yeah she will she will she'll make it um, so yeah, one more quick thing. I need to backtrack a little bit to the Emmys because this was what I really wanted to comment on. Okay. Uh, guest actress in a comedy series. The nominees are Jane Adams for Hacks, who I love on there. Harriet Sansom Harris for Hacks. Wow. Also great. Caitlin Olson for Hacks. <laughs> Lori Metcalf for Hacks. Wow. And then two, two others, but, um, but yeah, I love that they were all, and then Jane Lynch was also nominated for only murders in the building. And she was so great on that as well. Yes, yes, yes. So, yeah. So we did have a lot of things to talk about in the end. We sure did. Just we took just got to warm up. Took a while to get there. Yeah. Yeah. Shall we uh, talk about our lady? Well, let's shall. All right. What do you let's got for us? Shall. We have. Carol Penny Marshall. Uh, she was born in the Bronx on October 15th, 1943, to Marjorie, a tap dancing teacher who ran the Marjorie Marshall Dance School, oh. and Anthony Tony Mascarelli, later Anthony Wallace Marshall, a director of industrial films and later a producer. She was the sister of actor-director, TV producer Gary Marshall and Ro- Ronnie Holland, a television producer. Her birth name, Carol, was selected because her mother's favorite actress was Carol Lombard. Oh. Her middle name was selected because her older sister, Ronnie, wanting a horse in the Bronx, was saving her pennies. Oh. 
Her mother chose the middle name in an attempt to console her. Oh, that's adorable. <laughs> you can't have a horse. Here's a baby sister. <laughs> um, I would have been like, thanks. No, thanks. Um, her I father was a horse. <laughs> I want a horse. Her father was of Italian descent. And her mother was of German, English, and Scottish descent. Uh, Marshall's father changed his last name from Mascarelli to Marshall before she was born. Religion played an odd role in the Marshall children's lives. Gary was christened Episcopalian. Ronnie was Lutheran. And Penny was confirmed Congressional Church because mother sent us any place that had a hall where she could put on a recital. If she hadn't needed <laughs> performance space, she wouldn't have even bothered. <laughs> that oh, my God. That's amazing. Is amazing. <laughs> oh, my God. That is really lovely. <laughs> she grew up. Then they give her address. She grew up at 3235 Grand Concord. Grand Concourse, the Bronx, in a building that was also the childhood home of Neil Simon, Calvin Klein, and Ralph Lauren. Hmm. Interesting. She she began her career as a tap dancer at age three and later taught tap at her mother's dance school. She uh, graduated from Malton High School, a public girls' high school in New York, and went to the University of New Mexico for two and a half years where she studied math and psychology. Interesting. While at UNM, Marshall became pregnant with daughter Tracy Reiner uh, and soon after married the father, Michael Henry, in 1963. The couple divorced three years later in 1966. During this period, Marshall worked various jobs to support herself, including work as choreographer for the Albuquerque Civic Light Opera Association. Um, in 1967, she moved to Los Angeles to join her older brother, Gary, a writer whose credits at the time included the Dick Van Dyke show. Uh, I'm going to skip over uh, so we don't overlap. Okay. Um, while at college, Marshall uh, met Michael Henry, a football player, and left school at age 22 to marry him. They had one daughter, Tracy, and um, on April 10th, 1971, Marshall married actor and director Rob Reiner, who later adopted Tracy. Her marriage to Reiner ended in 1981. The couple have five grandchildren. Marshall had a brief relationship with singer Art Garfunkel in the mid-1980s, and he credits her with helping him through his depression. Mm -hmm. In 2010, it was reported that Marshall had been diagnosed with lung cancer that had metastasized to her brain. But two years later, she was fine now. Uh, Following her recovery, she published a memoir, My Mother Was Nuts. (laughs) Uh, Marshall died in Los Angeles on December 17th, 2007. Uh, 18. According to her death certificate, the cause was cardiopulmonary failure, atheroclesteric cardiovascular disease, and diabetes. Oh, boy. Uh, uh, that sucks to beat lung cancer and then diabetes fucking takes you out. Yeah. Um, she was buried at Forest Lawn Memorial Park in Hollywood Hills. The L from her Laverne character is emblazoned on the bottom of her headstone. Oh. That's so cute. That's lovely. Um. So, yeah, we overlap a lot. So I thought I'd just do the bare bones. That was all from Wikipedia, baby. All right. All right. All right. Um, so I got mine from Wiki, Wiki, Wikipedia. Wiki, Wiki, Wiki. Um, also an interview on CBS this morning and an interview 
at the Archive of American Television. Television. The Archive of American Television. Uh, Penny Marshall first appeared on a television commercial for Head & Shoulders Shampoo. Shampoo. She was hired to play a girl with stringy, unattractive hair. (laughs) And Farrah Fawcett was hired to play a girl with thick, bouncy hair. As the crew was lighting the set, Penny's stand-in wore a placard that read, Homely Girl. No! And Farrah's stand-in wore a placard that said, Pretty Girl. Wow. Farrah Fawcett, sensing Penny's insecurity about her looks, went over to the her to Penny's placard, crossed out homely, and wrote plain. I don't know that that's better. So I was just about to have a moment with, oh my God, Farrah Fawcett is so wonderful. And she, plain? Plain was better than homely? I mean, it's that's how it's presented, but I don't know that I would agree yeah, with that. Yeah, I don't agree with that. That was maybe still at the shitty. T- at the like, time, don't do anything. Don't do anything. Yeah, maybe... Plane was better in the late 60s or whatever. Anywho. Like, what the? Okay, Farrah Fawcett. <laughs> we fucking get it. Okay. <laughs> in 1968, Penny accepted an offer from her brother to appear in a movie that he had written and was producing called How Sweet It Is. She landed another small role in the film The Savage Seven, as well as guest appearances on the hit television series That Girl. And she was considered for the role of Gloria Bunker on All in the Family, but lost the part to Sally Struthers, which I could totally see her as Gloria. It just would have been a totally different take on the character. But uh, in 1970, Gary Marshall became the executive producer of the television series The Odd Couple. The following year, Penny was added to the permanent cast to play Secretary Myrna, and she played the role for four years. In her final appearance on The Odd Couple, her character married her boyfriend, Sheldon, played by Rob Reiner, who was her real-life husband. The episode included Penny's real-life siblings, Gary and Ronnie, as Myrna's brother and sister. Um, The Marshall family is all about nepotism, but I'm fucking here for it. Yes, for sure. They do it in a way that's not obtrusive. Uh, Yes, absolutely. bit parts supporting it's little things it's like little winks of yeah my daughter's in all my fucking movies get used to it yeah but it's not like my daughter has all the leads but it's it's like of course i'm gonna that's my sister i'm gonna put her in my movie like i love it's i love it 100 i agree with you In 1975, she was hired, along with actress mary Kay place to play mary richard's new neighbors on the mary tyler moore show Uh, Gary Marshall uh, then went on to create and was a part-time writer for Happy Days, and he cast Penny and Cindy Williams to guest appear on an episode of that show. The installment was titled A Date with Fonzie, and it aired in November of 1975, and it introduced the characters of Laverne DeFazio and Shirley Feeney. In that episode, Laverne and Shirley were a pair of wise cracking brewery workers who were dates for Fonzie and Richie. The pair were such a hit with the studio audience that Gary Marshall decided to co-create and star them in a successful spinoff called Laverne and Shirley. The show premiered in January of 1976. So that was a very fast turnaround. And by season three, it was the most watched television show 
in America. Oh, I loved Laverne and Shirley. Oh my God, me too. The and that theme song. Oh. Yep. The physical comedy they do on that show is just so I want to watch it right now. The characters of Laverne and Shirley appeared in five more episodes of Happy Days. And in 1982, at the beginning of Laverne and Shirley's eighth season, Cindy Williams left the show due to her pregnancy. And Penny Marshall continued. Uh, and they had a series of guest stars who they tried to fill in, not mm-hmm. playing uh, Shirley, but... Kind of fill the hole. Yes. Carrie Fisher was one of them. L- Lorraine Newman was one of them. I don't remember who, but it was all for naught uh, because the show was canceled after the season's final episode in May of 1983. Penny Marshall was nominated for three Golden Globes for her work on Laverne and Shirley. Following that, she appeared in The Simpsons and The, and the Entourage. Just Entourage. The Entourage. Uh, she also made a cameo appearance alongside her brother Gary in Hocus Pocus, which... Is Which gross. Creeps me out. Ever, husband like, and what, wife. Like ew. Like ew. Yeah, that's the one time I'm like, I'm, I'm not here. Yeah, for this. no. Like play brother and si- brothers and sisters can live with each other. Yeah, and I don't. You can have the same dynamic without the creep factor. Exactly. It's yeah, it's creepy. Yeah. Uh, she was reunited with her Laverne and Shirley co-star Cindy Williams in a November 2013 episode of Sam and Cat, which was a Nickelodeon show. <sighs> At the encouragement of her brother, Penny Marshall became interested in directing. While starring on Laverne and Shirley, she made her debut as a director and directed four episodes of that show. In 1979, she directed several episodes of the short-lived sitcom Working Stiffs, starring Michael Keaton and James Belushi. And then she soon moved on to theatrical films. Her first film gig was going to be Peggy Sue Got Married, which at that point was scheduled to star Deborah Winger. Uh, but Penny and the writers of the film had creative differences. So she left the project and then Deborah Winger also left out of solidarity with oh, Penny nice. Marshall. Yeah. Uh, Penny Marshall was soon given the directorial job of Jumpin' Jack Flash starring Whoopi Goldberg uh, after the original director dropped out of the project and Whoopi really pushed Penny to do the film. She also gave her daughter, Tracy, and her brother, Gary, roles in the film. Mm-hmm. Uh, she described her leap into directing as very hard to learn, likening it to, quote, cramming four years of college into one semester. While on set all day, she spent her nights planning out the rest of the film, trying to get it finished on time. Uh, Penny also added that Whoopi Goldberg would take her aside and calm her down if she was looking ex- exhausted that day. <laughs> <laughs> uh, she directed several successful feature films after that, including Big, uh, which was the first film directed by a woman to gross over $100 million U.S., wow. uh, which is not a movie that I have ever liked. Really? Yeah, just doesn't do it for me. Don't care for it. I mean, it's fine. I don't hate it, but I don't love it like so many people do. Yeah, it's one of those movies that, like, if you love it, everyone knows that you love it. Exactly, yes. Um. And I, yeah, I like it. Yeah. It's, but there are some things where I'm like, okay, that's creepy. Like, you know, <laughs> if you're like, that is a child. Yeah. 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 After big, uh, oh, yes. So, sorry. Tom Hanks initially turned down the role in big. 
So she started talking with Robert De Niro to take over. Uh, but then Tom Hanks ultimately changed his mind. And so Robert did, De Niro. I know. Isn't that funny? After that, she did Awakenings in 1990, which to me is her masterpiece. That movie is so. I haven't seen it in so long. I almost picked it. Heartbreaking. I can't stand how sad it is. Yeah, I almost um, picked it and I was like, I don't want to be sad. Uh, and I know that it's sad. I've seen it. I just don't remember it it's a lot. It's so good. But yeah, it's so hard to take. Uh, then she did A League of Their Own. Uh, again with Tom Hanks and a league of their own was preserved in the national film registry in 2012 as a work of enduring importance to American culture. After that, she did the preacher's wife with Denzel Washington and Whitney Houston. And her final film as director was riding in cars with boys in 1991. She was awarded the women in film crystal award. She once said that her biggest regret was turning down Forrest Gump. Oh. Twice. Penny. She was the first choice when Matthew Broderick was attached, but she said that the script was not good. So she turned it down. Then Tom Hanks came on board and called her, asking her, pleading with her to direct it. But at the time, she had a friend who was dying from lymphoma. And so she ultimately turned it down again so that she could be with her friend. (laughs) I know. In the mid-2000s, she turned her attention to TV, citing changing audience tastes at the films. And she just preferred the speed of directing on TV. Her TV directing gigs included the pilot of the 1993 sitcom adaptation of A League of Their Own. She directed two episodes of According to Jim, which I'm assuming is because of the James Belushi connection with working strips, because otherwise that doesn't make any sense to me. Uh, And she also did two episodes of The United States of Terra. While some of her peers may have uh, a deeper IMDb catalog, Penny Marshall ultimately made an impact on the world of film with a smaller group of projects that shined bright. She's a director who chalks her career up to being an accident, crediting her ability to show up when she's supposed to being a big factor to her success. It's the simple things really, which made Penny Marshall's film work shine. And more importantly, continue to be this relevant. She's had a way of capturing the simple things in life, the things many of us related to and turn those into memorable moments. Hmm. Here's what I like about Penny Marshall. It might sound strange. All of her movies are good. Yes. But when you watch a movie, you don't go, oh, Penny Marshall directed it. Like, you can't tell. Yeah. And that is this week I have been doing like just light research on like what makes a Penny Marshall film a Penny Marshall film. Mm-hmm. I found one that was like she really gets into women's right, like women's movement and like um, youth issues. And I'm like, well, that's if you go through every single one of her films. I mean, that's not an over like youth issues. Yes. In big women's issues in a league of their own, but there's right. not like, like uh, an okay. overarching, like, you know, like Martin Scorsese, you can tell. Right. It's going to be probably about the mafia. Right. Like Tim Burton has an obvious exactly. style. Yes. They work with all the same people. Um, you know, uh, Michael Bay, that kind of thing. Yes. And she's just like, it seems to me she takes movies, she reads the script how is it best? How is this movie best played out? That's how I'm going to do it. She doesn't have, uh, 
And it sounds like I'm insulting her and I'm not. I think this is what makes her great. She doesn't have that a stamp. Yes. She just directs. Yeah. And so it's, I love that about her. Yes. She is um, very, she just does solid work, but it's not showy. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It, there's a realness. Yeah. Even to things like big. Yeah. There's a realness to it. I also read something that she was like really good at like finding the funny moments in the serious moments and vice versa. Yes. Yeah. So what was your choice this week? So I chose riding in cars with boys. And I did not expect the film that I got. I didn't know anything about it. Oh, you hadn't seen it? No. And I always get it confused with. Riding the bus with my sister. (laughs) Riding the bus with my other sister. (laughs) No. The one with Britney. No, there's another cars one. Girls in cars. Cars. The girls. Are you thinking about the Disney film? (laughs) You know what? That's it. (laughs) That's what it is. Um. No, there's one. The Fast and the Furious. <laughs> Damn it. I hate you so much. <laughs> I'm not going to think about it. it. Britney Spears is. Crossroads? What is, is there a Whoopi Goldberg? Is Whoopi? Yes. Yeah. What is that? That one is that one movie that she is in with uh, Drew Barrymore and Mary Louise Parker. Is there a car in it? <laughs> there is, because it's about a road trip. I always confuse riding in cars with boys with whatever that movie is. I can't even. I'm looking. I'm sure people are at home right now going, it's this movie, you stupid yeah. assholes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I always confuse it. I'm so I, I always right think now. it's a road trip movie. And I mean, I guess it kind of is, but very loosely. Yeah, it's very loosely. Hold on, I'm taking drugs. Don't take drugs. It's bad for you to say no. Mm. But my sinuses say take your allergy medicine. So riding in cars with boys. Had wait, to- wait, yes. don't don't get into it yet. Oh god. Um, because I'm almost there. That movie is called. <sighs> oh my god, where did where is it? Uh okay. So, yes, writing. Oh, boys on the side. Boys Boys on the side. Boys on the side. So it's the boys. It's the boys. But there's also a car hidden in, not in the title, but in the film. Okay. So I always get those confused. Um, It's not that. And it was in 2001, which 2001 is basically the 90s. It just feels like such an older movie than that. Um. Writing in Cars with Voices is a 2001 American biographical film based on the autobiography of the same name by Beverly D'Onofrio about a woman who overcame difficulties, including being a teen mother and who later earned a master's degree. The movie's narrative spans the years of 1961 to 1985. It stars Drew Barrymore, Steve Zahn, Brittany Murphy, and James Woods. It was the last film directed by Penny Marshall. Uh, although the film is co-produced by Beverly D'Onofrio, many of the details differ from the book. So basically, um, Drew Barrymore, who I just think is delightful in the movie, 
plays a teen mother. Um, the father is Steven Zahn, who I thought I liked, and I have come to realize I don't. I don't like him. He's annoying to me. I don't like him either. I don't like him. Um, oh, wait, played- before you go any further. Yeah. I think you like this film. I liked it. I liked it. It was, I liked it. It was very well done. Everyone did a really good job. I would never watch it again. Does that make sense? It does. It made me sad. Um, and it's not supposed to be a tearjerker. It's not this drama. It's just really a slice of life. Um, it, it was really well done. I liked it. It's okay. Um, I think you just liked it too. You didn't like it. Oh, I agree. I think it was very well done. I think she was an asshole. And so it made me hard to like her. I mean, luckily she was played by Drew Barrymore, yes, which so it scores makes it a lot of easier. points. Yes. But if she's played by like Jennifer Jason Lee or someone who I do love Jennifer Jason Lee, but, but you know, it's like, she just was such an asshole to her kid. Like she just said terrible things to her kid. Yes. Um, also, sorry, I totally cut you off from what you were saying. So no, that's all right. Go ahead. Um, I, I, I had seen this at the movies when it came out and I did not remember a single bingo thing about it. And okay. Joe watched the beginning with me because he loves that part with Brittany Murphy. And my daughter's a tramp. My, my daughter's daughter a, tramp. a tramp. So he wanted to watch so that. Good. But when she gets in the car initially with the man, after he picks her up on the street corner, mm-hmm. like she's got the box and stuff. And he was like, I can't believe that's her son. And I was like, what? Yeah, I didn't know. He I, is, I had no idea. That actor is two years older than Drew Barrymore is. Really? Yes. So that was also like, could you? I mean, I know it's a stretch making her, and there's only 15 years between them, but it was that took some yeah. getting used to as well. Anyway, continue. So basically, the whole story is about how she is a teen mother, how her parents react to it, how. Uh, how her life was changed because of it. Now, listen, she was an asshole. Yeah, she was, she was an asshole. I felt the way people treated her in response was okay. How do I, how do I, I am very much, I'm an onion. Okay. I am very, I am multi-layered and complex. I'm a complex person. Um, Nothing gives you the right to be an asshole. I truly, truly, truly believe that. That being said, um, I felt like for the hand that she was given, she was okay. Um, I felt her biggest thing was that she did not communicate with anyone. Like if she just said these things I'm doing to help us, do you know what I mean? And she was an asshole to her kid. Don't get me wrong. She was a crappy mother, but she, but she could have been a whole lot worse. Yeah. And I, I should say too, like, I, I don't believe that she was a shitty mother on purpose. Like it, right. I felt like it was all just It was because she was so young and she yeah. just didn't know. Yes, I yes, absolutely. Like it would be also very different if she was intentionally shitty to her child. And that yes, is not the case wasn't. in this film at all. 
And so every time she was shitty, I was like, she's still a child herself. Even in her 20s, she's still a child. She's had this kid, you know, for seven years already. And she's still a child. So, yeah, I gave her and like her son blamed her for a lot of stuff. And I guess when it comes to parents, I don't know. I... I don't know. I give grace for some reason. And her parents were no prizes either, by the way. Yeah. When James Woods is your father, there was a problem. We were correct. What a fucking asshole. Well, I'm pregnant. Well, you broke my heart. Yeah. Yeah. Because she's really fucking thrilled about it too. Guy. Yeah. He's an asshole in real life and in the movie. Yeah. Like fuck, go. And then Steven Zahn's character is fucking. So she's a parent to two essentially. Yeah, yeah, you're right. And plus, it's the 60s, so there's this is also that. very different, very, was very different. Catholic. Right. So, yeah. Uh, and that, and the, the big thing um, where, uh, you know, she, she was so smart. And she had all these plans, and she was a good writer, and she had this chance at scholarship. Like, her life was going to be different. She was going to get out and make a name for herself. And... She says, listen, I don't want to get married. I don't want to have this baby. Um, I have plans. And really, it was her parents' fault. Yeah. She had a plan to be like, listen, I, I made a mistake, but I'm going to make it right and still have my life. And also, my child can have a better life without me. And her parents, no, we're embarrassed. You need to get married. Yeah. Like, how does that make it better? And then has the audacity at the wedding to give that fucking speech her father gives oh my you gotta watch it just but you know what it's probably on youtube the clip if you don't want to sit through the whole movie just fucking ridiculous i will say the asshole move that she did was did you notice that all of her birthday presents to her son were just bullshit like uh, uh, your birthday present is I'm going to finish my novel. Yeah. 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 Your yeah. birthday present is I'm going to, and it's like, all right, you're, but uh, every time she did that, I was like, you know what? She didn't have good role models and she was so young. Um, so yeah, it was okay. It just made me sad. It made like the whole movie. I was like, I very much like herself, the whole movie. I wondered what would have happened if she didn't get pregnant. Yeah. What would her life have been? Yeah. And would she even have written the book then, you know? True. Would she have written the book? Would something else have stopped her? Um, Yeah. So it was very well done. It was basically a slice of life. Very well done. I'm I'm never going to watch it again. I wanted to punch Steve Zahn. I wanted to punch James Woods. I want to punch Rosie Perez. Oh, that. (laughs) Oh, my God. Rosie Perez plays the second wife. She's a treat. Um, uh, Also just the, and being a parent, you know, watching Steven, Steven Zahn's character bonding with his child and then leaving his child. And then later in life, they meet up and he's like, well, this is probably the last time I'll ever see you again. I just can't fathom. I can't fathom it. But also leaving his son and blaming it on her. Right. Your mom says, I can't be around you anymore. Yeah, because you're a meth head, asshole. Yeah, you fucking asshole. And she wants you, you can't be around him because you've literally, so 
we haven't given any of the plot away. We're going to give this away. It you find oh oh James Woods again. <laughs> yeah, he yeah. goes to her father and basically admits I'm addicted to heroin or meth. It doesn't matter. Heroin, yeah. I'm addicted to heroin. I've pissed away all of her money. She sent me out to get baby aspirin for the kid. I even pissed away that money to get a fix. So he goes to her father. Why her father? I don't know. Whatever. Um. So uh. Then the father yells at her. Well, he doesn't need this because she starts yelling at him like you're a fucking drug. Are you fucking kidding me? And then James Woods yells at her. Fuck you, sir. Fuck you, sir. Fuck you, sir. (laughs) As the woman, you just got to deal with it. You got to help him. He's your husband. Fuck you. Now, they did. They were very smart. Like, we'll take your son for, you know, while he detoxes, blah, blah, blah. But I also see her side of it. No, fuck you. You want me to take care of it? I'm going to fucking take care of it. I'm going to take my kid, too. Because also her parents are assholes. You don't know if they're going to give the kid back. True. Right. And at this point she has bonded and she does want her kid. Fuck you all the way around. Fuck you all the way to Sunday. (laughs) Then he detoxes. He makes it through detox. And what does this motherfucker do? First thing. First thing he does, wakes up in the morning, goes and gets a hit. You just made it through withdrawal asshole. From heroin. From heroin. You fucking asshole asshole i'm sorry if you have an addiction i'm sorry i'm talking about this character okay i just fuck you and she said and then he's then that he proposes this plan i'm not gonna take heroin to get high i'm just going to take heroin to be normal and not to have withdrawals yes because that's how that works <laughs> you can't microdose heroin my guy that's not how that works so her character beverly's like get the fuck out dude because she has to parent two people they're never gonna have money like it's just ridiculous so he leaves because she's like get the fuck out of our life That doesn't mean you can't write your kid. That doesn't mean you can't visit. That doesn't mean this. That doesn't mean that. And then blames it on her. She just got a lot of the blame. Like no one gave her any, any grace at all. And that's what pissed me off. Yeah. Except Brittany Murphy. Except for Brittany Murphy. Um, so God, it just, Oh God. And her kid, her kid calling the cop and they were driving. First of all, I'm so sorry. One other thing. Their friend says he wants to rent their oven so they can dry out weed. I didn't know drying out weed was a thing. And won't you just get high from drying out the weed? I don't, I don't know. I'm not How the right does person weed work? Someone, someone write us. We don't know. Um, and uh, the son is mad because he's locked outside because the mother doesn't want him in the house when she's baking the weed. Okay, you can play in the yard for an hour. Uh, and then grandpa comes by. Grandpa's a cop. James Woods is a cop. And he tells the grandfather and gets him arrested. And then the, uh, Brittany Murphy's family is like, you can never see her again. That's the only person she has in the world to herself that she doesn't have to take care of. So yep. you know what? Fuck the son. He's the problem. I, I, this movie, I, I can't talk about it anymore. You know what? I didn't like it. I didn't like it. I fuck, she, No one gave her grace and it pissed me the fuck off. Was she garbage? Yes. She didn't grow up. And no one said, hey, you know what? For a 15-year-old mom, 
she was pretty okay. Yeah, she fucked a lot of shit, shit up, but she didn't leave me. She didn't do this. She didn't do that. She tried to do another right thing. No one let her, so she did the best she could. No one said that. Not one person said that. Fuck them all. Fuck them. Fuck them. Fuck them all. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> what did you watch? I can't. I can't talk. Now I'm pissed off. <laughs> well, I don't know that mine's going to make you feel any better. No, it didn't. By the way, <laughs> it did not. <laughs> Anger started that because I watched that first. I was like, what the fuck? Are, what the fuck is this? I think Joe's trying to get out of this podcast, you guys. I think he's, it's a long con and he's trying to get out of it by pissing me off with the stuff he picks for me to watch. What did you have us watch? I had us watch Laverne and Shirley in the Army, a 1981 cartoon. Saturday cartoon. cartoon. It was a cartoon. It was a cartoon of Laverne and Shirley. <laughs> Why don't you go ahead and explain to the people what the premise was? So, uh, Laverne and Shirley in the Army is an American animated television Problem series. Problem number one. Sorry. Why are they? Okay, go on. Yeah. I mean, this is, yeah. Uh, <laughs> produced by Hanna Barbera, which uh, that was originally broadcast uh, on ABC from October 10th, 1981 to November 13th, 1982. It uh, was a spinoff, kind of. <laughs> Of the live action Laverne and Shirley episode, uh, we're in the army now. Ah, uh, okay. Uh, it, that doesn't explain anything, though. Anything really, about this Nothing. whole series. Nothing. It's a so, fever dream. It is. It's set at Camp Fillmore. Uh, Laverne and Shirley uh, have joined the army and they have a commanding pig. A commanding pig? A, a pig. Why, why is it a pig? Because it's Why Saturday is there a pig? Okay. In the 80s. Okay. Uh, the pig's name is Sergeant Squealy. Because, oh God. and uh, it's uh, it's it's not good. It's terrible. It is terrible. It is. It, 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 there are so many problems with it. First of all, it looks like garbage. The oh animation my, is terrible. You're right. And but what? But was it any better than that in the eighties? I mean, Scooby Doo was crisp. Yeah, but there's a whole like I have a. BuzzFeed did a whole list of um, ridiculous cartoon spinoffs of live action TV shows. <laughs> and the fact all, that there's enough for a list is disturbing. They all look pretty much like this. Like the animation is terrible and lazy. Yeah. And it looks like they drew everything out in pencil and then someone like smudged it. Yeah. With yeah. yes. Yep. Um, the, uh, there are only the three characters, really. It's just a Vern Shirley and this stupid, annoying pig who was voiced by Ron Palillo, who is Horshack from TV's Welcome Back. Cover. Let me tell you something. You have a distinctive voice when I'm like, I know this dude and I can see his fucking face. That's great. Yeah. Anyway. And it's just the three of them. And it could have definitely benefited from more people. They get into these weird... Oh, my God. Like every episode, it seems like they're going somewhere to a different country, outer space, underwater. What army is this? First of all, there's only three of them. Where's everybody else? Where's everybody else? Why do they always get picked to go somewhere? And and I'm here to tell you, the armed forces do not make it a rule to keep you and your best friend together. That's not not how that works. Um, They... Yeah, it's it's it, it seems like it's trying to be a very loose Scooby Doo ripoff. 
because sort it's kind of, of yeah, like, like there's this, a villain each episode. There's always and it's a like, villain. What is happening? Um, but yeah, it's it's just terrible. It's also weird because they like name check Miss Piggy two times throughout these 13 episodes. They also name check Olivia Newton-John at one point. Um, when they go, the episode where they go to Paris, uh, Shirley's voice changes. It's not Cindy Williams for Yes, a I few looked lines. at because I'm like, this is not Cindy Williams. Yeah, so there's that. They're also so horny. I mean, because that's <laughs> seemingly why they joined the army in the first place, like in the opening credits. Because that's, that's how that works as well. It's like the the sign-up person is cute, and they bat their eyes at him and sign their names on the dotted line. I, the 80s were, were an unchecked time. Yeah, it's real, real bad. It's just, there's no one... There's just the, 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 an alien gives them a superhero suit at one point. Mm-hmm. Um, there's some androids else? at one Android, point. Uh, <laughs> the genie. There's a genie. Not, oh, there's a genie. Um, the big clobber guy or whatever the that they make. The, oh, that's the android one still. Uh, there's the night, the nights when they go, there's that secret night association or whatever. It's just, and why is there a pig? Yeah, I don't, I mean, it's just like, here's, okay. So I'm going to, I'm going to dip into this list real quick and they all have a thing. There's all, uh, there's a gimmick. So there, there was Gilligan's planet where the castaways couldn't make a boat, but they managed to make a rocket. That propels oh, them into just, outer space. Okay, yeah, sure. And they sure, land sure, 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 on their sure, sure, own sure. planet. And for some reason, Ginger has white hair in this series. Well, space. Uh, there's the Fonz and the Happy Days Gang. Uh, Remember which that one. Was on in eight, 1980 to eighty one, uh, where they find a time machine and right. travel sure. back and forth in time. Uh, Laverne Shirley in the army. Um, there was the Partridge family 2200 AD. So that put them into the future. Uh, Wasn't there, was, there a monkeys one? Uh, I don't know. It's not, I mean, it's not on this list. Hmm. Okay. There was the Brady kids where they had uh, the panda bears as pets, ping and pong, the pandas. Sure. And they also had a bird who was a wizard. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, it's it, it it's it's just terrible. It I was hoping to that it would be fun. It's not. It's it's not fun. There's not there's not a single thing about this series that's fun. There is not one redeeming. Actually, I take that back. I love Penny Marshall's voice. Yes. I mean, that is the best thing is just, and the thing that's so weird is at the end of every episode, they were listed as guest stars. Every episode. They would have the list of all the voices. And then on its own screen, it would say with special guest stars, Penny Marshall as Laverne DeFazio and Cindy Williams as Shirley. That is so weird. So weird. That's probably so they could pay them less or some bullshit. But even like, 
this like the scripts like my dead grandmother could write a script better than any of those i mean like it's I like mean, the laziest of laziest just so I, I got angrier and angrier i just it was terrible because when you sent me the link i wasn't paying attention and i just thought they were episodes of love and shirley ah and then i was like yeah okay you know i can get into because i loved laverne and shirley yeah and um and then i looked at it and i was like wait a minute what the fuck is this and i opened the first one i was like what the fuck is this i will say the ending where um because uh, we watched these episodes on youtube so it was like the whole half an hour like like time frame and so included in it was like coming up next blah 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 blah, blah. and yeah. i remember that guy's voice and he listed you know all the shows that are about to come on and it just transported me back and it was just like this cozy like oh i want to i want to be watching all those right now all equally <laughs> terrible this. yeah i mean but so um and so that was good but otherwise i was like why are we here why is this a thing why 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 did someone go you know we need you know what kids would love <laughs> an animated laverne and shirley where it's but just, just the in two case of them with a where it's just the two of them but just in case we'll throw an animal in there we won't explain why we will not explain why this pig is in the army um it'll just be the three of them and they'll they'll have shenanigans and hijinks just the three of them. Nobody else. Just the three of them. There's no one else in this army. They don't have to deal with anybody. Else. Oh, they could just leave and go home. Like whenever they want. Yeah. Which was, I was like, that's not how the army works. It's not like a B and B. It's not like an Airbnb. <laughs> like what is, I don't understand. And the pig would always say, Oh, you're going to be a W O L. I'm like, why? Who says it's a wall. It yeah, was always like, oh, you're going to be, I wait till I tell Sergeant Turnbuckle about this. Right. Like, oh, th- that's the other thing. He clearly didn't like them. They didn't like, they talked to him any which way. Another thing that would not fly in the army. <laughs> but it was always a three, he never brought in a buffer. Nope, like, there never. has and to be need, more yeah. people here. Like, bring in the big not, ragu. Well, this is what I'm saying. I don't understand. Well, I, I, I don't. I don't know what the thought process, but what did the storyboards look like? What did the story meetings look like? What did the pitch meeting look like? I just, was it just Coke? Was it just Coke fueled? Was it just the cocaine? I think it was. I think it was like, Hey, look, what should, should we do liver and Shirley? Sure. What? Like what? I don't know, army. Okay. We're going to take the two main characters instead of the two side characters who are screaming to be animated. Right. who would find themselves in those stupid scenarios yes yes that was yes the other thing like their their personality is completely changed in this correct yeah like shirley was much stupider in this than she was in the series right and laverne and, was like ah, rah, I, and it was so weird super horny she, they were so thirsty <laughs> there's letty and squiggy you know what no Let's take over Shirley. Let's make the animated show about those two characters. Um, yeah, just bad, awful. Don't even waste your time. I mean, it's on YouTube, but it's terrible. Yeah, it there's is. A, I can't. There's a second season, technically, but it's they're not in the army anymore, and Cindy Williams isn't there anymore. The Fonz was added. I don't. I don't know. I, and I just, Mork and Mindy also. 
See, I remember watching that. I feel yeah, like it was the Mork and Mindy Liver and Shirley Fonz hour. Right. And I remember even as a little kid being like, what, why are these people together? Yes. And I'm reading this right now. And that one, the Fonz had a dog who talked, who was named Mr. Cool. Sure. Sure. Yeah. Sure. And people wonder why Gen X does nothing. Well, we're traumatized. Okay. We're fucking traumatized because all the people running our lives were running on coke. And so these are the things that we watched. And so we're shell shocked. So go fuck yourselves. If you think we're not doing enough, we're still processing these animated things that we don't understand. Yeah. So that is Laverne and Shirley in the army. Please do yourself a favor and don't ever think about it again. It's terrible. Never. Terrible. Ever. (sighs) So on to brighter pastures. What's on tap for next week? Well, you know, I don't know. Because I forgot it was my turn. (laughs) And I was going to reach out to you today. I was like, no, that's annoying. She knows. I don't. Please don't ever think that it's annoying. I've forgotten. I assure you that if there's something for me to forget, I've forgotten it. Okay. Um, But I will pick and it'll be a surprise um, to the audience. Not to you. I'll tell you beforehand. Thank you. Uh, (laughs) Um, But it'll be a surprise to the audience because I don't know. All right. Okay. Uh, well, if you want to write us, you can <laughs> at threefunnyladies at gmail.com. You can follow us on the Instas at Three Funny Ladies Podcast. And we'll be back at it again with the white fans next week. With uh, the Wee Pod. With the Wee Pod. Wee Pod. Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. Bye-bye. Okay, bye. <laughs>